welcome to the Work Life Flow Podcast, where we moms take the reins of our lives, explore our options, question the status quo, and demand more from society. Here we come together to tell our stories and share tears of frustration as well as tears of joy. But most importantly, we come together to inspire you to create a work-life integration that works for you. So pour yourself your favorite beverage and come hang out with us. Welcome to Work Life Flow episode 29. In today's episode, my guest Jen Myers and I are nerding out a little bit about why we need to be a leader in our home. She shares that her children became her team to create space and time for her to start and grow her business. An important part of that is to teach your kids skills. And if you haven't gotten my four must-have checklists yet, then please go to www.kerstinkirchsteiger.com forward slash checklists. That's www.kerstinkirchsteiger.com forward slash checklists and start teaching them executive functions so they can get ready on their own while you sit back and relax. And now to today's guest. Jen Myers is a serial entrepreneur and business coach for entrepreneurs that homeschool. She self-described as a reluctant and unlikely homeschooler. Jen has been homeschooling for 17 years. Jen has been featured in Forbes, Medium, USA Today and other publications about how she has built three six-figure-plus businesses while homeschooling her four kids. She is also the founder of the global community Homeschool CEO and is on a mission to connect and empower entrepreneurs who homeschool. When Jen is not working with clients, you can find her reading or enjoying time with her family in the cornfields of Iowa. Please join me in welcoming Jen Myers. Hi, Jen. Thanks for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because I'm part of your Facebook group the homeschool CEO movement, like you call it. It is a really amazing community. And yeah, I gave a little introduction to yourself, but I would like for you to start out by introducing yourself a little bit. And maybe if you could share your journey from the unlikely homeschooler to homeschooling for 17 years and building businesses at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So like you said, my name is John Myers. And my journey really is is a longer one. You know, I deal with a lot of people who are just a couple years in on their entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, it makes me feel old, but I realize, you know, I've been at this for 17 years. It started back in 2004. And I had had multiple businesses growing up. So I think I was always an entrepreneur from day one. But then we kind of found ourselves in a situation back in 2004 where I had a life plan but the universe had a totally different one. And it was a situation where we had three kids between my husband and me, and they were in second grade, kindergarten, and preschool. We decided we weren't going to have any more kids. He scheduled a vasectomy. You know, we wanted to be sure we were done. I was going to go to graduate school, had been accepted. I wanted to get my PhD in social psychology so that I could teach at the college level. So the irony is of all of this, I always wanted to be a teacher but I didn't realize I was going to homeschool my own kids. And long story short, the school system wasn't working out for our kids. And we went to some parent-teacher conferences, and two out of our three teachers actually suggested homeschooling to us. Because back then, they didn't have the school services that they have now to help kids with learning differences. One of our children is on the spectrum. 
And basically both teachers completely separately, one from private school, one from public school said, hey, have you considered homeschooling? Like your kids would be a really great candidate for that. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to graduate school. There is no way I'm going to homeschool. Homeschoolers are weird. I knew a few of them and I knew I didn't look like them. My husband and I owned an automotive business at the time and I was going to go to grad school. Like our life was set. A couple weeks later, we found out that we were pregnant with bonus baby number four and he was conceived three days before my husband's surgery. And so our whole world (laughs) got turned upside down. And my husband said, well, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I guess we're going to try homeschooling for a year because I was going to be home anyway with the baby. I decided to delay grad school, ended up never going back, just fell in love with that side of entrepreneurship because I knew that I could not just sit home with four little ones under the age of eight. You know, I couldn't just be a homeschooling mom. Like I needed more. And so we had our automotive business. I helped build that past the six figure mark then turned around and built three more businesses because obviously that wasn't enough to have four kids homeschool and have just one business. So we continued to build several more. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's an amazing story how it turned around. I can identify with parts of it. I went all the way up to a postdoc and then had my kids. So I did my academic career before, but like you, I never identified as a homeschooler. And now same thing. Our son, he was in a private Montessori school and it didn't work out anymore in his kindergarten year. And that's how we started homeschooling. And now I wouldn't want it any other way. I just love the freedom of homeschooling. And like you said, being an entrepreneur, I just started to become an entrepreneur, but it it goes really well with homeschooling because of the flexibility and because I think as as an entrepreneur, you are a lifelong learner and you're really modeling that to your kids. Well, what I found too, like you said, Kirsten, is you're a lifelong learner. And as entrepreneurs, we crave that freedom and flexibility. And then so many times on the entrepreneur journey, you know, many of us send our kids to traditional schooling, which is totally fine. Like we love everybody who does that too. We always want to give space and respect for different choices. But then we tell the children, yes, as mom, we want the freedom and flexibility of entrepreneurship, but we're going to go chain you to a desk for nine months out of the year. You know, and I mean, Montessori schools are a little different, obviously. Like if I was going to send my kid to a school, that would be it. But we tell them, but you have to abide by somebody else's schedule Monday through Friday, eight to three, nine months out of the year, while mom is over here going, we're going to create the life that we want. You know, we're going to work when we want. We're going to work with who we want. We're going to work how we want. And the kids look at us like, well, if it's good enough for you, why can't I do that too? And that's where I've really learned that combining homeschooling and entrepreneurship is total freedom and flexibility for the entire family, really. Yes. I just recently had a guest on and she said it, I'm going to paraphrase, but she said, like, I don't have as an entrepreneur, she is in the photography business and so she's like I don't have a nine to five life so the school schedule of nine to five just didn't fit her life and so that was one of her reasons but yeah yeah I can totally hear that one thing my podcast is a little bit also about work-life integration and I've had quite a few entrepreneurs on and and I think entrepreneurs since what we do is fun for us (laughs) It's kind of hard to find 
a good work-life integration. And so my next question for you would be, have you found a work-life balance that works for you and your family? And what were some key steps that you took to finding that? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I learned is at the beginning, I tried to chase that work-life balance, meaning that I had equal time with work and equal time with family. And I found that I was just overwhelmed and burned out because equal didn't you know, equality didn't mean the same for, you know, eight hours with family, eight hours with business, because then what I felt like was I was giving both ends the short end of the stick. You know, either when I was with business, I felt like, man, I'm shortchanging my kids. And when I was with the kids, I felt like I was shortchanging my clients. Like I should have been doing more in the business. So I wrestled with that mom guilt for years, years, because back when I started homeschooling and running a business, you know, I didn't have role models like where I am today as homeschool CEO. I didn't have anybody who had blazed that trail ahead of me and learned through trial and error and heartbreak and tears and frustration. So I was kind of out there on my own trying to figure that out. And like you said, so often we love our work. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we because we get to choose what we do, we tend to love it. And so it's easier to want to be all in on that sometimes. And so to find what that looked like for me started with really being intentional and tracking my energy levels and figuring out not just mine, but my kids as well. You know, when did I have the most energy to work and when did they have the most energy where they were focused like on schoolwork or chores? And so I learned to find that flow between what really worked for our family. And the first step I took is throw out all the shoulds you know, put my blinders on and say, I don't care what every other homeschooling family does. I don't care what every other entrepreneur does. I don't care if I have one kid that literally does not get out of bed until 10 a.m. because he is a night owl. But at 8 p.m., that child is all ready to do his schoolwork and life is great. But if I try to get him to get up right now, you know, we're recording this at seven o'clock in the morning, my time. If I was up there wrestling with him saying, you need to get up and do your schoolwork, it would be a nightmare, you know, and then I'm a morning person. So I've learned if I work in the morning before my kids get up, I can have an entire day worth of work done. Does that make sense? So I learned to understand when I was at my best and when my kids were at their best and find a schedule that was really intentional based on that and that flow to go from work to home and back again. Yes, no, it makes absolute sense. And this is part of why I say that being a mom is a leadership position because you work with different personality types at homeschooling into the mix. You also have to model the behaviors, to model the learning, being intentional about the things that you bring into your home because you don't want to bring the school into your home. You don't want to be bribing or, you know, if you want them to become lifelong learners and if you have family values that you want to teach them, you have to embody those. And so what you said, by noticing different personality types, that's a huge step towards making it work as a team, for example, your family. So yeah, I only have two kids, but they are very opposite. And I have a night owl. And as much as in the beginning, it would frustrate me that he would just do his night. I mean, our bedtime is ridiculous. It's like 10 p.m. now. But like you said, I do work in the morning, so I get up in the mornings and get a lot of things done while they still sleep. And then we just start our day. So I don't know if you wanted to add something to that. I do. 
I actually love that where you talk about, you know, being a leader in the home, because I think that is so important, you know, and I understand where you're coming from, because when I started homeschool CEO, I had somebody say to me, and it's kind of a joke now, because they called me out on a really major, huge Facebook group and said to me, I don't think that homeschool moms consider themselves a CEO. And at first, my ego was bruised a little because all I was doing was asking an opinion on a logo. And they took it upon themselves. And this particular person I have a lot of respect for. And so it stung, you know, it hurt that they would take it upon themselves to challenge my name. And I started to think, well, what if I'm wrong? What if my people don't call themselves CEOs? And I'm like, but wait a minute. I call myself a CEO. And I know you went through that, you know, do moms call themselves leaders? And so I had to dig really deep. And I think it's this really parallel analogy, CEOs and leaders as moms. Maybe we don't always consider ourselves that, but when we do and when we understand the power of that mindset, we can change our entire family dynamic. You know, when I stepped into the CEO role, when I stepped into the leadership role, all of a sudden I created systems and I created delegation, things that CEOs do in both my business, which I was naturally doing in my business. But when I started to apply that CEO mindset to my family, literally, Kirsten, we went from this overwhelmed, hot mess family of trying to do it all to this well-oiled machine. Like kids knew what they were supposed to do. Chore charts were made. Was it always perfect? No. But I began to understand as I stepped into that leadership and CEO role, I could delegate things. I could hire help. I didn't have to do it all. I needed to do what only I could do. And what made sense for my family, you know, I concentrated on that 20% that moved the needle 80% forward. And that's when our whole world changed. That's when our businesses grew. That's when our kids flourished. That's when they started to love homeschooling instead of hate it. All of those things changed when I stepped into that leadership CEO mindset that I already had in the business, but I needed to apply it to our life and our home as well. Yes, yes. As you know, I got the same pushback when I started calling moms or being a mom a leadership position. But for the same reasons, like you say, I think there's too many moms and it might be socially imprinted on us that they kind of accept this mom guilt and having to do it all in the overwhelm as this is what mom is. This is what you have to do as a mom, but I don't think it is because we are still our own persons. We have our interests. And I think if we go one step further, if we look into the future of our kids, if we show them that overwhelm and not asking for help and not outsourcing or delegating or even teaching our kids skills, what do we teach them? Like, I mean, how will they have the role model that they need to heal the next generation, I think, because I think it's it's about that. It's We still see in our society right now that women are not being paid equally, that 40% women in STEM, 40% after having kids, they step back from their jobs because they can't make it work. And we know a lot of moms now try to create their own business for the freedom they crave, which employeeship doesn't give them. But Yeah, I think it's super important to talk to your kids about challenges, to raise them equally. Like I have a girl and a boy 
and I role model, they have to do the same chores, they have to learn the same skills. And then, of course, I individualize their education towards their interests, which homeschooling is marvelous at this, right? You can you can totally individualize and you can actually help their passions. But yeah, I had a lot of pushback and I'm glad that you can see how it could work. And And I think I also, the other thing that I'm thinking about when leadership and mom clashes is maybe because we have like this authoritarian leadership in our past, like the way we were led or the way we had to submit to school, for example, or to, you know, to follow others because they said so. And I don't see an, I don't envision leadership like that. I, I come from the emotional intelligence training area. And so for me, it's, it's really about thriving relationships. Like you said, recognizing their strengths, building upon them, teaching them skills, and letting them step in. Because really what we do as a leader, we create space for them. So I really love that you can identify with it. And and I hope like your group, the homeschool CEOs, they should be doing that in their business. If they're not, they really have to start implementing those processes because otherwise you run a business, there's a lot of jobs to do. And then you're again in this overwhelm, right? So is this what you help them with? how to run their businesses? I do. I do. As a business and life coach for entrepreneurs who homeschool, we work together to find how they as a unique family can streamline their business and their homeschooling and run it in a way that supports their leadership style. So a great example is a while back, I took a personality test that is based on the Millionaire Master Plan, I think is what it's called. And basically, it's about identifying your leadership style. And I was to a place, it actually came as a recommendation by my business mentor that with homeschool CEO specifically, because I lead a global community, I kept having people say, you need to lead this way. Like, you need to be more in the spotlight. You need to, I mean, I would have people literally say, you need to do this, this, and this. And even though our community is growing and thriving and people love it and I love it, I would have people say, you need to lead this way. And I didn't understand. and But I started to understand, like, as I work with my one-on-one clients, too, they have this concept of you need to lead this way. And like you said, that authoritative, authorian way. And I, as I took this personality test, I think there's eight different leadership types. And I came back with the role of supporter. And at first, I snubbed my nose up in the air. And I'm like, what? I am not a supporter. I lead a global community. Like, I am not a supporter. But then as I read it, it broke down that supporters are, first of all, the best leadership style to lead a community or a team to greatness because literally we get behind people and we push them all at the same time. Like if you are in my circle, you will go on to build a seven-figure business because I will connect you with the right people. I will see things in your life that other people don't see. I will give you suggestions and then I can stand back and love your success as if it was my own. And then there's other leadership positions that's called the star. And the star is the one that is out front. They are front and center. They're more of that authoritative, like they want to be seen as the go-to only expert. They want the spotlight on them. And so I think a lot of times when your moms are saying, well, no, I don't identify as a leader. That's not what I think. It's because they have this construct in their minds possibly that says, this is what a leader looks like. 
without realizing there's all these other ways to become a leader. And when I realized that and I started to teach that to my one-on-one clients, it gave them permission to step in and fully lead as the CEO of their company and the CEO of their family in a way that aligned completely with them, right? And so it's different. You're shaking your head. Yeah, because, you know, so often we have this stereotype, like this is what a homeschool mom looks like, or this is what a business owner looks like, or this is what a good mom looks like. And it's hard for us to understand that there's a flow, like there's a fluid flow that goes with that. And there's a bazillion variations. And one of them is perfect for each and every family and each and every woman. Yes. No, there's a lot of leadership styles. There's a variety of tests that you can take even for free online if you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. And then one thing that I say, for example, is the... So work-life integration, it's more about thriving relationships than it's about time management. Time management certainly plays a role. I'm not going to discuss that. But if you have a good relationship with the people in your life, then you can ask them for things. It's easier to create those quality moments. And for example, one example in the pandemic, my, my husband suddenly started working from home and my kids are still young, so they wanted to play tag and were interrupting him. And so we had a needs assessment. We sat down, we made a meeting. Um, we do those family meetings to take everybody into consideration and into account. And we shuffled our needs so that everybody could get their work done. For my husband, of course, it was working, was one of his needs without interruptions. And for them, it was playing tag or doing a puzzle or Minecraft at that time. So what worked really well, and, and we underestimate the power of quality time, what worked really well for my kids is all they wanted was 10 minutes of playing tag. And we told them, my husband's going to come out, they're going to set a timer, and he's going to play whenever he has his break. He's going to come out, he's going to set the timer, and they're going to play tag for 10 minutes without any distractions, without, oh, no, now I'm going to do this, or I have to do this real quick. And it worked wonders. So creating the space where you recognize and see the individuals and do something with them and for them with undivided attention, that is super powerful. So that's why I say it's more about the relationships. And if you can harness that power, I think you will get out of the overwhelm and you will be finally feel like you have your life for yourself too. Like you can follow your passions. You can you can create time for yourself. And 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 for example, asking to go out, I do bike riding. So I go on a bike ride every weekend um, with my friends and it's not a problem. My kids, well, at first, of course, you know, when it's new, there might be some pushback, but now they know that I come back refreshed and I'm a better mom. Tying it back to homeschooling and CEO. So do you have any advice for moms who feel like they would like to start a business, but they don't quite know what? And, you know, what are the best steps or how could they engage with you and find a way to work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're in a situation where you're considering, you know, starting a new business, but you don't know quite where you want to go, your next steps, first of all, I would identify what you love to do. You know, so often I've heard gurus say, go find where there's a need and then figure out a way to meet that need. But I'm like, wait a minute. 
that just turns out to be an overwhelmed mess and this hamster wheel grind where you're just running and you're doing what you're supposed to do. With my moms, I start with, you know, what is your personality? Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? What kind of things do you love to do? What would your ideal business feel like? And then we figure out how can we take that and then take that and go meet a need that currently exists. So we start from the inside out versus the outside. And so very, very opposite to what a lot of people do. You know, a great example is I have people on all different types of businesses, but they're actually homesteading, you know, they're homesteaders. And so we talked about what could she do? What does she love to do? Well, she has goats and she loves goats. And so we talked about how do you make goat soap? How can we sell that? How can we market that? And then we actually created a business for her and her kids that are now pretty much supporting their family. You know, we talked about how do we do that? And that would be my best advice is first start with who you are, what you love to do. And then let's talk about how do we take that and monetize it and meet a need. And then as far as working with me, they can connect with me through the homeschool CEO community online. So (laughs) when you know what you want, it seems that you have a good path for them. Do you also have a method you use when they're I don't know. I, 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 for example, I said that I lost myself a little bit in motherhood because I was a scientist before and I didn't want to stay in science. I always had this itch to, to move towards business, towards project management and business side of, of science too. But I did a lot of different things. So do you have any method that you would work through with your clients if they're not quite sure like what they're good at or what they want to know or what they want to dive deeper into? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, honestly, it's action creates clarity. It's talking about it and figuring out what is one thing that you like. I mean, I knew you said, but see, like you said, I kind of wanted to move towards the business and I liked project management. So we would talk about like, what does project management look like? And here are positions, like here are businesses we can start that really encompass those kind of traits. Does that make sense? So that that's what we work through and going, you know, and also too, what did we love as when we were back in our like 18 to 21 year old, you know, that's really, I've heard it said like, that's probably our most authentic self is that 20 to 22 range where we're really exploring the world before life has a chance to kind of beat us down from failures and, you know, the stereotypical norms and all of those things. Like, what did we want to do? Like for me, I wanted to be inter- an international business woman. That's from day, like, I don't remember a time I didn't want to do that. And now I'm getting ready once COVID is up and everything is lifted. I will travel the world connecting homeschool CEOs. Like that is my dream. That is what I want to do. And that was a dream from a child that's now manifesting as an adult. So I think when we lose ourselves in motherhood, it's because we've just disconnected from that part that was there. But it's still part of us. We didn't lose it. We just lost connection with it. So we go through a series of exercises where we talk about that and figuring out really what does that inner part of us want that is still there, but maybe we've been quieting them for so long because we've been in the world of academia or science or we've been in different situations where we were told this is what we're supposed to be, like this is what success looks like, and then helping to just redefine what that success looks like for us. So would you, I wanted to hook on to this in a way, and I forgot, I lost my train of thought. Um, 
Welcome to Mom Life. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No worries. <laughs> um, I think I have two questions, really. One is, you said you want to connect international homeschool CEOs. And um, I'm from Europe. And in Europe, there's a few countries where it's not, not allowed to homeschool officially or... It's, it's very restricted, let's say it like this. Like in Austria, we have to be taking tests every year to stay homeschoolers, for example. I was really wishing that the pandemic would open up the topic for other countries. Have you seen a trend towards that? Or like, because you say you have an international community, it's, I'm wondering if you see that there is more and more influx coming. I do. Yes. Yes. And, you know, for example, we have families that are in Germany and Germany is a country where it is illegal to homeschool, but they, things are changing. Like, yeah. To answer the question in short, yes, I do see an influx. I think we were at 13 countries. I think we're at 15 countries now in the homeschool CEO community. So it is growing internationally and I see more families leaning towards homeschooling and more more countries realizing that these kids can learn at home. You know, they don't have to be in the four walls of a school building. Yes. Yeah. And then the last question I have really is, do you have, or what do you tell moms who would like to start a business, but maybe they don't have a supportive partner? Do you work through that with them too? I do because that is exactly how I built my last two businesses was without with zero, zero spousal support. And it's a story that I share when it applies to the situation that I'm working with women. A lot of it came down to reframing what my expectations were of my husband and realizing that, and I can say this because I've been there it was just a way that I was keeping myself safe and keeping myself small because deep down, maybe I was afraid of failure or criticism or judgment or, you know, all of these different feelings that we fight that we don't want to talk about out loud, but it, they're there. And my husband, um, when I started not homeschool CEO, but my business right before that was a really successful Facebook ads business. He literally walked through the door one day and there was a period of about two years where I didn't have a business and I was basically really focusing. Oh, I mean, I had pseudo businesses. Like I ran the local um, PTA for the school. I ran, like I did a lot of other things, you know, as entrepreneurs, when we don't have a business, we just go create them. Like we recreate them in non-for-profits. We're the quote unquote volunteer that runs the entire fundraising board or, you know, or the local, um, we live in communities that have like the homeowners association and we run those. Like that's what we do for our businesses sometimes. And he walked through the door and said, we got in an argument and he basically said, you're going to have to figure out a way to support you and the kids because I'm no longer giving you any more money. And really what it came down to, it wasn't that he didn't love us. He was just being a spoiled middle-aged crisis man who wanted to go buy a $50,000 sports car. And he felt like the kids and I stood in the way of that. That's what it was. And he did end up buying the sports car just for the record. We are still married through some intense marriage counseling. But basically that next morning, I said, screw you. I'm going to build my own business then completely independent of you. And I got up and I created a Facebook ads business because I understood marketing. Hit six figures my first year. 
was wildly successful, very lucrative. I loved what I did, but I built that without his help completely, zero support. In fact, he didn't even, I know a lot of women are like, oh, my husband is so supportive. And I just smile at them and I am so happy for them. That was not my experience. He did not wash an extra dish in the sink. He did not vacuum an extra time to help clean the house. He did not take on any extra childcare. He didn't even take the dog to the veterinarian. Like literally he did zero additional work. He basically said, hey, if you want to do it, good for you. You're on your own. So I had two choices. I could build it. I could stay stuck where I was. I could complain, you know, but instead I just said, okay, how do I make this work? I hired a household manager. I literally have an assistant that comes in and preps all of our food. She cleans. She does the laundry. She helps with all of those things. I had to make the money first. So, I mean, there was a little hustle there at the beginning. But as soon as I had the funds, I hired help because I did not have that from my husband. Still don't. And that's okay. You know, we hire people. I'm getting ready to retire my mother. So she'll come work for me. So I guess technically I'm not retiring her because she's just switching jobs. You know, she's retiring from her position in the hospital to come work for me. She will become my right-hand person. She'll become my executive assistant. But when you don't have any outside support, when your spouse is not supportive, you have to hire help because we cannot do it all. And that is my biggest tip. Like figure out most of my women when they don't have spousal support is that they'll get a housekeeper to come in, you know, a house cleaner every other week. And that takes a huge load off of their plate. The next thing is they generally hire out laundry, you know, because that's another thing that's a huge time suck. And then also too, is you have to create and step into that leadership position like we were just talking about and create systems where you're delegating things to your children. They have to become your team. If your husband is not on board, it needs to be the kids and it needs, you know, you can ask for help from maybe parents or friends or whatever that looks like. Maybe you're swapping childcare, but you have to create a team and a system around you that allows you to build your business. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for, because this is really the leadership that I've, I'm talking about where you identify where do you need support and you get it and you're open about it. Like it's not needy. It is, you cannot work five jobs and not feel overwhelmed. And so I love, I love those examples. Of course, I wish you had a more supportive husband, <laughs> but on the other hand, it might have helped you step into this leadership position and really define, you know, you, you had to set your goals really well defined and make it happen. Well, and also I want to say one thing. First of all, my husband is on the spectrum. So being on the spectrum, it doesn't give him a free pass, but it helps me to process why he's the way he is and kind of give some perspective and understanding around that. But secondly, when we step into that leadership role as a mom, we give our kids permission to find a healthy work-life balance. And I know I hate the word balance, but really a healthy work-life flow as they grow into adulthood. So I always tell my moms, even if you're not doing it for you, as a leader of your family, you're doing it as an example to your children. Because so often as moms, we would never have that expectation of our kids that we have of ourselves. And we would never want our children to feel overwhelmed and exhausted and frustrated and angry and resentful. Or some of those feelings that come up 
when we're trying to do it all. So we have to be the bigger person. We're the adult. We have to step into that leadership and do that inner work, learn how to delegate, learn how to lead, because whether or not we want the leadership position, we are the leader that those children are following. Yes. Yes. They are following us. They're observing us. And they pick up much more. It's more about what we do and how we show up than what we say, really. Yeah, I love everything you said. Would you like to share where people can find you? You said you mentioned the, the Facebook group, and I'll make sure to link to the show notes. But I don't know if you maybe have a freebie or something for my listeners. I do. Yep. If you go to homeschoolceo.com, you can download a free training on creating a schedule that works for business and homeschooling. That's usually where people tend to get hung up going, how do I make it all work? And I promise it isn't this 15 minute by 15 minute block scheduling that you're used to. It talks all about, you know, it's all about me training as far as work-life flow and integration. And um, on Instagram and Facebook, I'm homeschool CEO, all the places, super, super easy. Clubhouse, I'm homeschool CEO as well. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for your time and expertise. I'm sure this was super valuable for my listeners. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Work-Life Flow. As always, you can find all links and websites mentioned in the show notes. Make sure to get your copy of the four must-have checklists for kids so you can sit back and relax while they are getting ready on their own at kerstinkirchsteiger.com. That is www.kerstinkirchsteiger.com. And remember, keep being brave and share your story.